I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Hebrews chapter number one. Hebrews chapter number one. We have introduced the book of Hebrews. We have looked at the fact that he spoke and has spoken and is speaking. And he has done so through the Old Testament times in different ways, including the prophets. But in the New Testament, by his son, and the Spirit of God and the very Word of God that he allowed to be supernaturally written as the Spirit of God moved upon those that wrote. And we talked about him. Oh, the beautiful imagery about the Lord Jesus Christ, the one whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. We looked at all of those things over the past broadcast, but now we come in and we see, by the way, that didn't end the sentence. That was verse 3. He sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Verse 4 ends the sentence, And what it does is it ends the introduction and at the same time begins the next section, which begins with the things that Christ is better than. And the word there, better, uh, is far above. And it says, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent. The word more excellent means a superior, way above. Uh, the the others and what is it that he has a more excellent name than they than the angels do so he says that when who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. He's better than the angels. My friend, he is far above. He is superior to the angels. But not only that, his name is far above the name of the angels. His name is far above all names. We're going to look at this name but if you look at the rest of the chapter here chapter 1 verse 4 down to verse number 14 we see he's better than the angels as proven by his son's name God's son's name and then 
we'll see in verses 5 through 14 as proven by the scriptures. And there are phrases all through verse 5 to verse 14 that are quotes from the Old Testament. There's a lot of quoting the Old Testament, and we will go and look at all of those Old Testament uh, verses next time. This time, we want to look and focus on the name of Jesus. There are a lot of songs that have been written about the name of Jesus and the names of Jesus. And I'm tired to tell you, uh, I just get flat beside myself on some of those songs. There's some beautiful songs with well-crafted words that just absolutely thrill me at beyond belief that gives you that incredible lifting up of who he is. For instance, here's one, cherish that beautiful name. Cherish, that's a word we don't use much and don't think about much. Cherish that wonderful name. Cherish that matchless name. That name? <laughs> that name is Jesus. Amen. The, the verse says, An angel from long ago bent down to earth below, and to Mary whispered low, <laughs> Woo, Call his name Jesus. Fear not the words I say, for God has promised you today that you shall bring forth a son. Call his name Jesus. No other name can save or heal. No other name can cleanse and feel that emptiness within your heart. No other name but Jesus. When all have come and gone, that name will still live on. Live on. So magnify it loud and strong, the precious name of Jesus. Cherish that beautiful name. Cherish that wonderful name. Cherish that matchless name. That name is Jesus. Amen. There's just nothing like it in the world. Nothing like the name of Jesus. And when Mary heard him say her name, she went from supposing him to being the gardener and Turner said, Rabboni, a name highest up for the highest of the teachers. Oh, my friend, there's a name that's above all others, wonderful to hear, bringing hope and cheer. It's the lovely name of Jesus, evermore the same. What a lovely name. What a lovely name, the name of of Jesus reaching higher far than the brightest star sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven let the world proclaim what a lovely name well there's just nothing like it is there that song has always been a favorite of mine and I love that, that verse that says that he'll return in clouds of glory <laughs> and saints of every race shall behold his face with him Together, enter heaven's city, ever to proclaim what a lovely name. Look at what it says here. Being made so much better, so much, that is a demonstrative pronoun. Now, maybe you don't remember what those are from your English days. and uh, We have certain words in English that are demonstrative pronouns. This is taken from the Greek, and in the Greek, this is a demonstrative pronoun. And what a demonstrative pronoun does is it points towards the noun it replaces and puts special emphasis on it, okay? 
So it puts a, a kind of a point to it and says you need to make sure that you are looking right at this. So it causes us to focus on something specific within a sentence. The word demonstrative in the Webster's 1858 Dictionary says having the power of showing with clearness and certainty. Okay, that is pretty cool. Another definition in that dictionary is showing or proving by certain evidence, having the power of demonstration, invincibly conclusive like a demonstrative argument between a lawyer and uh, the judge hearing that, okay? So that's, that's what this is. It's a demonstrative pronoun. It is pointing to the fact that these angels are not in the same boat as Jesus is. The key is in the fact that the sentence doesn't end uh, at verse number 3 is referring to Jesus Christ, the one who is set down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being, okay, being. He is completely there. It's in the aorist tense. At a point in time, that's what he became, and he's being it. It's there. And that is the demonstrative. That's what we're being pointed to, that his being is greater than the angels, as he hath by inheritance a more excellent name than they. He has obtained because he's an heir. Well, how did he do that? Well, what we see here is three things that I want you to note about the names of Christ. But before we dig into that, let's just take a look because he's so much better than the angels. Let's take a look, just a quick look. We can't do a doctrinal treatise on angels. But we can do enough scripture to get you to see clearly that uh, there's something special about angels. So when you look at these angels, you just remember every time we talk about these angels, Christ is better, superior, far above, demonstratively so, with certainty. The argument's clear, and nobody can go to the judge and change what he would come out with. The evidence points very certainly that he is far above those. Now, I want to talk to you about Lot and the men that he is entertaining in his home in verse uh, 13. But I want to give you who we're talking about in verse 1. Uh, in Genesis 19.1, there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, meaning that he was in power. He had, uh, he had done, got his eyes on the, the best land, and then it's, uh, it lured him into the city, and now he's high up in the city. And of course, Lot recognized that there was something special about these men, and he bowed before him, brought him to his house. But when they got into the house, and there was a lot of controversy with the men outside trying to break through the door, the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides, son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and Whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place, for we, these angels, will destroy this place. So they had the power to destroy, because the cry of them is waxing great that is before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And uh, Daniel, remember when the king was tricked into making that decree that anyone that didn't you know, pray and to him and pray to any other god would go into the lion's den? And, oh, he tried everything. The king tried everything. He was tricked. He realized he was tricked and trapped into it after it happened. 
and his vanity got him uh, into making a bad decision that he couldn't fix because it was of the law of the Medes and the Persians that couldn't be altered. And he was sleepless during the night, and he runs the next morning. Daniel, Daniel, was your God able to save you? And Daniel answered, My God hath sent his angel, and has shut the lion's mouths, for they have no hurt, they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. How about that? Interesting. And Daniel, let's take another look at Daniel. He prayed for 21 days trying to get an answer. Well, why didn't he get an answer right away? The verse says in verse 13 of chapter 10, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 21 days. He, the verse above talks about, I tried to get here, but I was having a fight between the prince of Persia. The demons over Persia the head demon and me were having this battle for 21 days. And then Michael, one of the chief prince, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. In Jude chapter 9, we find out that Michael is the archangel. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed among the body of Moses, durst not bring him against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. So we see that that angels are, are good angels and wonderful angels and powerful angels. We see there are bad ones. They're called demons. But these good angels, hey, it was angels that warned Joseph, you need to get out of Dodge, okay? When they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child his mother and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. This is in the chapter of the wise men. And the wise men leave and... They're warned, get out of Dodge because there's something bad fixing to come and there's going to be a decree and all the young children are going to be destroyed. So we see that that was there. We look and we see that there was a great earthquake and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. Pretty powerful. Men couldn't do it unless they got a whole bunch of them. An angel there did it. I like this one because this angel was dispatched to Peter. Peter's in jail in Acts chapter number 12. And he's kind of shackled between guards, so he decides, well, I'm not going anywhere. No, no need to lose sleep over it, so Peter goes to sleep. And it says in verse number 7 in chapter 12, and Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Get up. There's no time to sleep. You're going someplace. And if you go and if you read that chapter there, you'll find that when he gets out in the city, and the angel disappears, and he's looking out the street. It's like he finally really wakes up and says, Wow, I just had a miracle happen here. It was after it was all over with that he actually found out that that was the case. And then in that uh, same chapter, it's the angel of the Lord, which uh, smote uh, Herod for his blasphemy because he was saying what he said that he was the king. They were, they were giving credit to him as a God, as the God, and he didn't rebuke him for it. And so he was taken care of right there on the spot. So you get the idea that in angels are uh, amazing people. And when we get down to verse 14 in our text here, it talks about uh, the fact, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who shall be heir of salvation? And we'll talk about what that means. But uh, they have a ministry they're doing right now in the age of grace on several fronts. So we're looking at the fact that angels are powerful. They are created by God and they 
uh, are to uh, worship just like we worship. They're not to be worshipped. Christ is the only one. When the John fell down before those in the book of Revelation, hey, get up, get up, get up. I'm, I'm just like you are. No, 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 no. Worship him. Worship Christ. That's where our worship should always be placed. Okay. Now, we see here that he was made so much better than the angels. Now, people like to take this. Some of the religions like to take this verse and twist it and say that Jesus was created like the angels, that he's a creation just like the angels. Well, that is not true on two fronts, and I'm going to, that are strong. Number one, uh, if you couldn't figure out what that word made means, what would you do? In, in interpreting scripture, we have the principle of text. What is it? The text is the sentence which is verse 1 to verse 4. The great, or the, 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 the context, that is all the chapter above it and all the verses below it. We put it in its, in its context and we see how it flows and where it's going. And many, many times in the text, we will find in the context something we questioned in the text is cleared up a few verses down. Then there's the greater context. All right, the greater context. Let's just deal with two verses that are so powerful we can give you hundreds and more, but that's not the scope of this message. But just for the fact that that's here being made so much better than the angels, number one, in the beginning, God created. You've heard me say this on this program several times. When Elohim, which is a plural noun, is used to refer to the little gods, the ones that are not the God, it is always followed by a plural verb. But when it refers to the Trinity as one, the, the three, the, the, the Elohim, the three, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God, as one unity, the one unity of three, the next verb, in the beginning, God created, bara, it is a singular verb. This entity singularly created. That's why you see throughout your Bible credit being given to God the Father for creation, God the Son for creation, and God the Holy Ghost. If God the Son created it, he has not been created. He existed before. John 1, again, we see in John, uh, Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All those wases, you've heard me say before, that is the word that translates the word en in Greek, and it means, it denotes a continual existence. It's the idea of he was there and he is now. He was in the beginning, he's here now. It's a continual existence. The greater context is clear, and we can go through so many more verses. Colossians, he is the preeminent. He's the head of all things, and he created it all. Verse after verse after verse that says God came down into the womb of the Virgin Mary. Watch very carefully here. Being made. The word made is an interesting word that they just skip right over, and it, it's kind of funny because so many of them will come to me, and when it's convenient, they will try to deploy a Greek word meaning to me, not knowing that I know Greek. And it's kind of funny because there are other times when the word isn't conducive that they will skip right over it. 
kind of interesting. The word made here does not mean created. The word made here means he became. He already existed and he became. He, he did not just exist and then all of a sudden uh, he was recreated or anything like that. And there's a verse that helps back that up. And it's a verse that's so powerful when it talks about his willingness to go to the cross. And of course, that's in Philippians where the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being, being, there's our word, who being in the form of God, that's where he was. That's his being. That's the thing we were talking about when in the beginning God created his being. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a cross. He became, he became a man. He became a servant. He was made, he became in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death even the death of the cross wherefore God also has highly exalted him he's higher than the angels but let me say this if he was higher than the angels was he ever lower oh yeah yeah it talks about that you know where it talks about that at the very next chapter uh, that we deal with in Hebrews chapter number two it says that he was made a little lower than the angels. How did that happen? Well, it happened because of the fact that verse 9 says in chapter 2, we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. So God exalted him above it because he went through that, was made lower, and then turned around and hallelujah, <laughs> seated at the right hand of God the Father, far above, because he accomplished what he did. He laid his life down. He picked it back up, and he is the first fruits of them that slept. Let's talk about his name. Listen carefully. Here's a verse that just defies all logic for people who want to be saved some other way. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. And there's a colon. Think about that part while I add some more information to put into your computer. You ready? There is no other way to get saved except through Jesus Christ. Watch this. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In Romans chapter 10, it talks about our confessing with the mouth of the Lord Jesus and believing in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. But then he says in that same passage, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it talks about the fact that God one day will highly exalt him in front of all the heathen. But at, when he went to the cross, God exalted him after the cross, after he got resurrected. And God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. We see the titles of his name, his name, his name, his name. We see here, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And the Bible talks about in 2 Timothy, as Paul was writing his last letter to Timothy, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from 
iniquity. When we pray, we're to pray in his will. We're to pray in his name. I love the name of Jesus, that beautiful, wonderful name. And he says here that his titles are wonderful titles. You'll call his name Emmanuel. That's a title for God, a name of God, being, which being interpreted as God with us. He's called Jesus, his earthly name, which means Savior. The Hebrew word would be Joshua. And he is called the Lord L-O-R-D, and in the New Testament, it's capital L, little O-R-D, Master. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the one they've been talking about. In the Old Testament, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Jehovah, the I Am, the self-existent one. He's called the Rose of Sharon. He is called the Lily of the Valleys. Read that carefully in Solomon. Yeah, the, the song saying he's that we sing the song. He's the lily of the valley. I love that song, but I always change the word. He's the lily of the valleys. He's the singular lily in all the valleys. He's the vine. That's what it says. We're the vine dresser. He is the vine. He's the redeemer. Oh, mm, what a word! What a word! That's his name and the theology of his name as redeemer. He brings us total salvation and there's no other way to get salvation except through the finished work of Calvary there's no other way and that name and belief in his name faith in what he did at the cross that he's Jesus he's God he's the redeemer he's the mediator he's the one who's able to save I place my faith and trust in him I can't get there I believe and I become saved he becomes not only my salvation he becomes my security John said, these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. And it's on the context of Jesus Christ and the Christology of Jesus Christ, the very deity of who he is. He is God. He's part of the Trinity. He's always been God. He'll always be God. His name is a wonderful name. His name is elevated above all other names being made becoming so much better than the angels how did he become so much better because he stepped down he was above them to begin with he stepped down below them and suffered as a man and was exalted high and holy seated there's no angel seated at the right hand of god there's no angel that's worth or worthy of worship there's no angel that's worthy or worship of praise but Jesus Christ is worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive glory and honor and power. Man, we must understand that name. His name is a name above all names. And it's the name that's worthy to serve. It's the name that's worthy to share. It's the name that's worthy to suffer with absolute joy unspeakable and full of glory. Acts 5.41 And they departed from the presence of the council after they were beaten and told they could not speak in the name of Jesus. And it said, Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. His name is higher than the angels. He's superior. He's better. Father, in the name of Jesus, may we bask in the names of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying. You have an absolutely awesome, wonderful, joyous yes, I week. I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his 
precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every word is true Oh, I believe every word that he said is true I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.